tuba staff I involve, it's Aleph and Bass, a fact or an assumption dealing with Cheskat Mamon, the Cheskat Haguf, and um, apologies for being late, but part, part of the reason is this is a piece of Gomorrah that I wish I had two weeks to prepare and I wish we had several hours to learn because it's one of the most foundational dapim in the whole of Shas. It deals with uh, principles that are so important and so complex, the, issue, the issues of, of chazokas. And chazakot we've spoken about before, the idea that in halacha most things are assumptions. We don't know a whole lot about anything. Um, and in life, whenever you're dealing with people and with human situations, the truth is we don't know a whole lot. All we can do is make assumptions. And when you make assumptions, you have to make those assumptions lightly. That means you've got to act on assumptions. If you don't act on assumptions, then you'll, you'll be paralyzed. If you, if you only act when you know something for sure, um, it, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll paralyze you. What, what do you know for sure? So you've got to act on an assumption, but you've got to hold that assumption lightly because the assumption can be disproved. What this Gemara deals with is ranking assumptions because there are all sorts of different assumptions you can make. And, and you can make assumptions one way and make assumptions the other way. You can have reasons why both assumptions are right, but they lead you to opposite actions. What do you do? And in Aloha, particularly in matters of monetary law, we deal with that a lot. How do you rank and deal with competing chazakot, with comp competing assumptions? So all we can do today is literally just introduce you to, to two of those competing assumptions, which, are, which appear in, in our Gemara, but are the most basic chazakot probably, uh, and just to understand very briefly how they, how they operate. The Gemara, our Gemara brings three cases of competing assumptions. And it works with these, with these three cases. The first is in our Mishnah on Ayin Heyam of Beis, um, where the Mishnah talks about, the Mishnah actually starts on Ayin Heyam with Aleph, uh, which is the case of the whole sugya here. The, the sugya is um, in a case where a man discovers that his, the, the Kali, his wife, that he's just married, has mumim, she has blemishes, which had he known about, he wouldn't have married her. Uh, and there's the interesting discussion, discussion in halacha. What is a blemish? How do you determine whether it's a blemish? Even goes to the question of, uh, she discovers she's missing teeth. He, she didn't, he didn't know that. It puts him off. It disturbs him. Uh, what, what happens in such a case? The issue here is, when did she develop these mumin? Was it while she was still in her father's house, before the marriage? In which case, the, he obviously wants to get out of his ksuba. He wants to divorce her and not pay her out. And he says, this is not the, this is, I didn't know about this. You hid facts from me. You hid material facts. The father might say, look, when I handed her over to you, she was perfect. So whatever has happened has happened since then. He says, no ways. She came that way. How are we going to determine? We have no, no evidence. Gamora talks about cases where there is evidence, but we don't have evidence. Um, who, has to bring a, who has to bring a proof? Uh, is it the father who has to prove that it happened later? Is it the, the uh, uh, husband who has to prove that it happened earlier? That's what the, the Gemara deals with. So it depends where the girl is at the time that this issue arises. arises. Is she still with the father or is she already with the, with the husband? The next case is Amachalif Parah Bechamor. We've got a famous case 
that the Gemara deals with here and, uh, and, and in, in other parts of Shas as well, of course, where a man acquires a chamor by a Kenyan Meshicha. They're exchanging a, a donkey for a cow. And the cow is here. They're on the cow farm and the donkey is in another country. So you don't have to do a Kenyan on the donkey and the cow. You can do a Kenyan Chalipin. You can do a Kenyan on the donkey, on, on the cow. So the buyer draws the cow for a few meters and thereby creates a Kenyan not only for the transfer of the cow, but also for the transfer of the donkey. Before the Meshicha, before the Kenyan, the donkey dies. The owner of the donkey has to bring a proof that his donkey was alive at the time of the Meshicha. The question is, when did the donkey die? So this is, these are all matters of timing, where you, you, you have no knowledge of the timing. You've got to make an assumption. Did, it, did the donkey die before the transaction or after the transaction? Does he have to replace the donkey? Doesn't he have to replace the donkey? And the third case is, is where a person, a shochet, buys an, a, um, an animal and it's found to be treif. There's a, a needle that pierces a part of the stomach which makes the animal treif. The question of if there's blood there, uh, if, there's, if you can see a, a, a drop of blood, then you know the animal became treif before the shechita. If not, then the animal became treif after the, 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 the shechita. What we're dealing in all these cases is two primary competing chazakot. There are others as well, but two primary competing chazakot. And these chazakot are important to know in approaching this sugi and many others. The one is called cheskat haguf, and the one is called cheskat mamon. Cheskat haguf is one thing we know for sure. This girl wasn't born with these faults. She wasn't born with these blemishes. So we know at one point she was perfect. Something happened along the way. When there's a cheskat goof, we tend to say the assumption is it happened at the last possible moment, which is just before the discovery, because that's all you know. You know she was once fine. You know now she isn't fine. When did she become blemished? It could be any time. So we, we can't assume anything except it happened yesterday. What, what else do we know? We know that she was once perfect. We know now she's not. So we assume it happens somewhere, somewhere along the line, but Cheskas Haguf is an assumption of a status quo. We know what the status quo was, and that should give us a, a sense. The competing Kazoka is Cheskat Mamon. Cheskat Mamon is, you want to claim money from me. I, I'm only, I have the money. If you want to claim money from me, you bring a proof. Now, what happens when these two chazakot are, are in competition with each other? So just let's look at the origin of these two chazakot. The one is from Bovakam Adaf Memvov. Now, you've heard often the statement of the one who wants to draw money from the other has to bring proof. That's a cheskat mamon. I'm holding on to the money. You want to take it from me. On what basis do you take it from me? Ask the Gemara, where do we even know from that that's the case? Oh, we're still dealing with assumptions. Uh, this is my watch. How do we know it's my watch? I don't have papers to prove it. Nobody was present when I bought it. Why do you assume it's my watch? Because I'm wearing it. But what happens if somebody claims it and says, you took it from me? Now what? So we're working with assumptions just because I'm wearing it do we, you've got to bring a proof. Why is, why is that, says the Gemara? Where, where Moshe says, it's talking about how to establish a Beisdin. Um, 
uh, Aaron and Hur is with you. He's going up, up, up the mountain. If anybody has a court case, they will come to, uh, to Aaron and Hur. Says the Gemara, How do you come to court? You come to court with a proof. That's why you come to, if you have no court proof, you don't come to court. So when Moshe says, if you have an issue, come to court, he means come with a proof. Matkifla Ravashi, Halamali Christ says Ravashi is a beautiful piece of Gemara. Why do you need a posu? Svorovu. How could society operate if you don't have to bring a proof to take something away from somebody? You would have it laws of the jungle. You can't operate anywhere. You don't need a posu for that. That's common sense. Um, this is so important as a Gemara generally to show the power of common sense that you need psukim to tell you something which you might not have, have worked out yourself. Or even if you would have worked out yourself, the Torah wants to make it a mitzvah or isa. But, the, but, but and, under normal circumstances, if something is logical, that, that's it. That's a law of the Torah. It, the logic of it. The Torah trusts human logic if it's honest. And if an honest human logic is powerful enough to equate to a mitzvah in the Torah, to a doraisa in the Torah. If you have a pain, you go to the doctor. The doctor doesn't have to come to you and check if you're okay. If you have a problem, you go. This is a din in Hilchus Dayonim in Choshen Mishpat. We learn from here that when a claim, a person comes to claim and there's, and there's a defendant against the claim, we listen to the claimant first. You've got to know what the claim is. That's how you start off the Din Torah, with the claimant stating his claim. Sometimes you do allow the clay, the one from whom, the defendant, to go first. A situation where his property might be in a downward market, his assets are falling. And the longer we take, the, the, long, the, the less value he has, the harder it is for him to pay the claim. So in cases like that, we'll actually listen to the nitba first. You see the, the way Halacha thinks carefully about the human situation. But that's the origin of the din of Hamotzi Michavero Alav Haraya, the machlokes of Rav Shmulba, Nachmeni, and Rav Ashi, as to whether it's from a posuk or it's from, or it's logical. And then in Gemara Chulin, we've got the Cheskes HaGuf. If, if there's a status quo, ask Gemara, Menaha Milta, Domer Abonon, Uki Milta Achazoke, Omer Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Omer Rav Yonis, we've got the same Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Omer Kro. We learn these from Psukim, just as we learn a Cheskes moment from Psukim, we learn this Chazaka from Psukim as well. It's the case of the Kohen. The Din is the Kohen looks at the house. The house is said to have a Nega. The Kohen goes into the Nega. The Kohen... Checks, checks the nega. Then he leaves the house and waits seven days. How does he know that while he's been out of the house, there hasn't been a period where the nega went small? It's got to be seven days. He comes back after seven days and it's still there or it's got bigger. But, but he doesn't know that there wasn't one day when it, when it shrunk and then it grew again, maybe. How does he know? That's the idea of a chazoke, that you assume things are as you left them. When you leave your house in the morning, you assume when you come home, you'll find things more or less as you left them. You don't assume that major things have happened, that there's been an earthquake or, 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 or something terrible has happened. You don't assume that. You assume that things are as you left them. That's the idea of, 
So here we have the, the case, this amazing conversation among the Rishonim and particularly the Akronim about whether these Chazokas are the Torah telling us that this is the fact. So for example, if two witnesses come and tell us that A killed B, do we know for sure that it was A? The witnesses could be lying. That could come later on. We have principles of Adim Zomim, and they could be proved to be lying. So what do you know when two witnesses come? The answer is you don't know for sure, but the Torah tells you, that from now on, these two witnesses create a new reality. You make your, your halachic decision, not because you know A killed B, but because two witnesses said A killed B. So, so the two witnesses create a new reality on which we act. The question in the acronym is, what about Chazakot? Do they also create a new reality? Or does it just remain assumptions? Cheskat HaGuf, many want to say, a big machlok is between the Ktsos HaKoshin and the Nesivas HaMishpat and many others. Uh, most want to say, Cheskat HaGuf, that's a reality. Until you know that something changed, that's, that's much more than an assumption. Until you know that something changed, the status quo is the reality. It's not an assumption. <laughs> Cheskas moment maybe could be just an assumption. The fact that this belongs to me, you don't know for sure, but there's an assumption. Who else does it belong to? There's no proof that it could belong to anybody else, and we make assumptions. What's important in our own lives is to be careful to clarify in your mind. Are you dealing with an absolute fact? Are you dealing with, with legitimate evidence in a based in? Because those are the only things we know for sure. Something you see with your eyes? You can assume that, that that's a fact. You can act on that as if it's a fact. You saw it. Could be an optical illusion, but we don't, we don't think of that. We assume you saw it, it's a fact. Adim, real Adim and based in proper kosher Adim, that becomes a new reality, the reality of the Adim. But everything else is chazakot. Everything else is based on assumptions. You don't know what's in a person's mind. You don't know what they were experiencing at that time. You're not sure what they did, what happened yesterday. We know very, very little. Um, and I think I've mentioned to you before the, uh, the comment that, that I think we have to learn from the, from the pandemic more than anything else. The, uh, it was a comment made at a, at a, 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 a ceremony at one of the universities where a particular creator of, of, of material uh, for a TV show, advises the students. And he says, when people tell you you can't do what you want to do, that it's not possible, that your dreams are unattainable, just remember one thing in your life. Nobody knows anything about anything. All the experts set themselves up, and we learned in the pandemic. The scientists don't know, and the statisticians don't know, and the economists don't know. Everybody's very pompous about what's going to happen and what's going to be and what the fact... Nobody knows anything about anything. We can make assumptions, and we have to act on those assumptions. But hold your assumptions lightly. Because if you hold your assumptions lightly, you, so to say, give the Rebunisham the opportunity to surprise you, to do things you weren't expecting, to do things you didn't assume, to show you a world you didn't think of. But if you hold your assumptions very tightly, this is the way it is, I know, I'm an expert, then the Rebunisham deals with you with, with that way. You're limiting yourself enormously. There are lots of opportunities in life if you just hold assumptions lightly and deal with them as chazakot and not as a dut, not as evidence. <laughs>